Time for From the Bench with Ditch, special edition Bulldog Valley. A recap of last week's Highland Game, Valley Conference recap, and a look ahead to this weekend's Welcome to another edition of Bulldog Valley. Denny Rittenhouse along with Rodney Knackstead here to recap last week's action and uh, take a peek at, at next week, this upcoming game, and then uh, talk a little bit about Valley football in general and then uh, the buzz of Highland, the uh, Sam Laporta <laughs> phenomenon going on in town here. We'll, we'll touch into that a, a little bit as well. So uh, we'll get things rolling. Uh, Rodney, what a fun football season this is turning out to be. We, we had a... Uh, uh, unknown expectations heading in, but uh, what an exciting team this Highland Bulldog squad's turning out to be. Uh, yes, they are, and uh, the number of weapons uh, that they have at their disposal, uh, I don't even think you and I anticipated that many different players to be able to contribute as well as they have. Yeah, and it seems to be somebody different every week that, that steps up and uh, um Gets gets the job done this past week. It, it was Hunter Fry in the backfield, 16 carries, 114 yards, and so two touchdowns to go with it. Uh, but he wasn't the only one, like you said, spreading the wealth. They they had uh, five different guys carry the ball out of the backfield, um, and it makes it very difficult to defend. Uh, overall, Highland goes for uh, 270 yards, averaging uh, nearly six yards a carry uh, for the night, and uh, that, that bodes well for the offense. Well, it does, and, and Highland mixes it up so well. Yes, their running game was uh, cranking it out, uh, but they use their passing game. It's just, they just feed off each other. Yeah, and they, they use it to complement it when that running game is working. We saw in week two, they went to the passing game almost exclusively in the second half to, uh, because of the catch-up they were in. But since then, passing has been a complement to a very strong running game. Uh, Jelly goes 7 for 11 for 87 yards. Uh, very um, uh, small numbers, if you will, by Highland quarterback standards um, um, hit here in the, the Warnock era. But um, it was effective, 7-11 uh, and, and the one touchdown. Um and quite a difference from the week before when they did more passing than running and he had the four touchdown passes. Yeah, so yeah. it just shows you how potent this offense is. Yeah, and, uh, and the same with the receiving core. Um, he had seven completions to six different receivers. <laughs> That's, uh, again, making it done. You're, you're, and most of that is a play option. Um, pass a fake handoff, um, you know, fake reverse, and then, then throw it, uh, just mixing it up real well. And uh, uh, they're firing on all cylinders right now. They are. And there were a couple more plays that were supposed to be passes. Like you said, the play option, he was going to pass, and then nothing there, sees a hole, put, keeps it on the ground, and gets, uh, gets positive yardage. You know, and then on the other side of the ball, uh, this Waterloo team has, has scored, um, for the most part, um, uh, week in, week out, uh, getting two-plus touchdowns every game, and some games getting five or six. And so um, you expected to see some, some offense. 38-6 to final, uh, Highland wins, and they hold Waterloo to under 200 total yards. I wondered what it was, but, uh, yeah, the uh – the lone touchdown uh, came at 11.54 mark of the uh, third quarter for Waterloo, and uh, they just never they never were in the game, and uh, that made it 21-6, and Highland turned right around four minutes later and, and kicked a nice field goal uh, by Jelly. Yeah. Or not Jelly, uh, um, 
Cordy. Yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> Shane Cordy. Yeah, yeah. That's always fun to see a, a field goal in high school. I, I think so. It just seems like <laughs> it, it's, it's, it seems a little unusual at times uh, just to even see him line up and try it. So when it it wasn't the prettiest thing, but it, it crawled over the over the goalpost. But um, it, it's exciting. The, the press box kind of exploded with the, the euphoria there when that ball uh, eked over the, the crossbar for for the field goal. Uh, but the defense, uh, getting back to that, um, um, stellar play. Um, Ethan Greenwald uh, in double digits with tackles, and we were calling his name all night long. Yeah, their defense has been. I think very steady all year. Uh, you know, yes, they they uh, gave up 28 points at uh, Muhammad, but they didn't play bad. They made Muhammad earn every one of those touchdowns. Yeah, yeah, they did. Um, and, and the other night, um, they had a pick six. Almost had two. One was called back on a penalty. Um, but but uh, Dalton Balin uh, had a nice game uh, overall. But that pick six he had um, in uh, I think it was in the fourth quarter. Uh, he he came out of nowhere. I had the glasses on uh, on the ball the whole time, and uh, I thought this was going to be a completion to uh, the Waterloo receiver, and then boom, out of nowhere, <laughs> it just comes running down the fly. And he just waltzed into the end zone from 48 yards out. Exciting play. Pick sixes are one of the most exciting plays in football. Yes, they are. And uh, um, who was it? Uh, Rinder, I think. Wyatt Rinder was the one that had uh, the pick six called back. Um, Highland still kept the ball. Correct. But they uh, uh, didn't get the touchdown on that. So defense stepping up in a big way. Now, expect them to again this week. Uh, their opponent this week, the struggling Civic Memorial uh, Eagles, who Put up 30, 36, 37 points on uh, Triad this past week. What was it? Uh, I can't read my chicken scratch here, but uh, not Triad. Mascuda, 34 points against Mascuda. But they were on a running clock. Uh, uh, the Indians pulled the Miami Dolphins uh, um, yesterday or, or Friday night, uh, putting 66 up on uh, CM and getting the running clock going with about six minutes to go in the third period. And uh, that's when CM put up uh, uh, two or three more uh, of their touchdowns. But uh, well, and I'm sure at that point, you know, subs were put in to get their playing time, just like Jimmy does, because you got to have them ready. And it doesn't bode well for Civic Memorial in this uh, upcoming contest. They gave up 410 yards rushing uh, to Mascuda and uh, Highland. Uh, uh, by comp, uh, contrast, gave up, I think, what was it, 67 yards rushing or something like that a, a week ago uh, to that same Indian squad. And so uh, Highland, um, would, I, I hesitate to talk about it, but, uh, but because in week one, um, Morton rushed for 400 and something yards against Muhammad. And uh, we expect in the Highland ground game, uh, to chew up uh, Muhammad, and uh, that didn't happen. Now, I don't think CM is near the squad that Muhammad is, and I think, um, but uh, the precedent has been set. Don't look ahead and don't look past your opponent if, um, uh, if, if that's the way you're thinking because uh, uh, CM did give up a lot of yards to Mascuda, and it, they, you kind of think Highland's going to be able to, to run roughshod over them themselves. I agree, and, and you know, Coach Warnicke and his staff – they're not going to let the players look any further than the next game and uh, keep them focused. And uh, obviously, 
work on cleaning up the penalties again. Uh, you know, Island had 11 for 85, and if there was one negative in the game, that was it. The yeah. positive on the penalty side is that just as in, uh, I think that was week one, uh, they overcame every one of them. Uh, so the only one they didn't overcome was when there was a bad, well, not a bad snap, but the, the ball went through Jelly's hands. Uh, all the other drives that they had penalties on, they, they yeah, continued to drive. They have. That's a good point. They've been able to shrug them off and just say, okay, we just got to work a little harder for this uh, first next first down. And uh, they did that. So now we didn't discuss this before the show here uh, this week, but um, several candidates for, for player of the game. Um, the one one that jumps out at me is, is Hunter Fry, um, with his uh, 16 carries for 114 yards, and uh, he had Waterloo on their heels every time he touched the ball. And uh, uh, the Highland line did a great job of blowing o- open some holes, and uh, Fry found each and every one of them. Um, so so he had a terrific game. And then you go on the defensive side of the ball. Um, uh, Dalton Balin with that pick six, and he had a, a few other tackles too that uh, we called his number. And Greenwald, of course, with his, his ten tackles and uh, leading the team all season long on that defensive side. We saw him um, blow open a few holes on the offensive side from his uh, fullback position. So, um, to me, those are the three candidates for for our player of the game. Uh, you got a preference for? Anyone in that, in that group? You know, I I have to go with uh, Hunter Fry because it was the, the, the ground game that got Highland going and uh, kind of forced uh, Waterloo to have to pass that we started uh, picking them off because both uh, picks happened in the second half. I think both in the fourth quarter, I think. Yeah. And uh, so that would be my choice would be to go with Hunter Fry. Um just because I think that set the table. Yeah, yeah. And one need to have to pass. And um, one other thing, um, one other name I wanted to throw out there. Chase Paquette did a terrific job blowing open some holes. Uh, we called uh, his number a few times for for how explosive he was off that left tackle spot and uh, uh, blowing some holes open for for Fry. So we'll go with Hunter Fry. Uh, 16 carries, 114 yards. I think he had a reception in there somewhere, too. Uh, uh, seems like yeah. it, yes. Yeah, Hunter Fry had a, a reception. So did Gavin Fry, first time we called his name in the uh, uh, receiving category. So so uh, overall, fine performance for Highland. Uh, they take care of Waterloo for the 11th time in a row. That just, uh, that's even hard to believe. That's yeah. a lot of contest in football. Um yeah, that's 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 a stat that yeah. stands out, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, it sure does. Um, and uh, we'll see what they get going this week against Civic Memorial, who finds themselves at, at two and three after the two and zero start against uh, uh, some opponents that, that are struggling still. So uh, it's uh, a, a game that's certainly winnable by Highland, and we'll have that for for you on Friday night. Six forty five pregame, seven o'clock uh, kickoff. Elsewhere in the valley. Um, we talked a, a little bit about it. Mascuda, 66 CM, 34 running clock in the uh, second half of that game. Um, you know, Mascuda, like I said, 410 yards rushing with uh, Devin Parks, who uh, looked pretty good, especially on the one drive against Highland. 
Uh, he had he goes over 200 in that game, gets 206 yards, and uh, wow. I'm glad to see it. That, that kid worked his tail off against Highland, and uh, Highland stopped him after that uh, opening drive they had. Yes. And, uh, uh, but he was a hard worker, and so it doesn't surprise me he was able to bust loose um, um, with that, that effort. So uh, uh, a nice rebound for Mascuda to get them, keep them right back in, in contention and uh, avoid their their season from slipping away. They they also find themselves at two and three. Uh, Jerseyville hung tough with Triad. Uh, 28-21, that final score. Triad goes out to the early lead. I think they were up 21-0 at one point, but uh, Jerseyville closes it to uh, 28-21 midway through the third period, and they go scoreless. Both teams go scoreless the rest of the way, so it's a dogfight uh, on their hands for Triad uh, against a Jerseyville squad that, that is uh, perhaps a, a, a notch better than, than what m- most people might think, and so... Um, and looking down the road, that's an opponent yet to, to come for Highland. Both those teams are, um, as a Triad will come on uh, in two weeks. Uh, back-to-back road games for Highland. They get in uh, the warm-up with CM uh, before going into the uh, what is shaping up to be uh, a, a battle, perhaps, for the conference title in two weeks. It could very well be, and it wouldn't be the first time that it's come down to uh, Highland and Triad. On Jerseyville's side, they they threw the ball five times in that game. Uh, four of them were completions, and three of them were completions for touchdowns. Uh, so Preston Baylor, I think I, I jotted down here, uh, the quarterback there, uh, high efficiency in the passing game. They got them back in the game. Uh, oh, no, and then those notes were for my central quarterback. Excuse me. <laughs> I, I had a written with a line drawn to it, and so, uh, but that, that's um, um, central was a 49 nothing winner over Wood River, who's struggling uh, to find any traction whatsoever this year. They're, they're 0 for central goes to 4-1 and in, uh, in control in that valley. They have Salem coming up this weekend. Um, and there, um, the game they'll look forward to in Echoquia Conference, rally, Roxana, they roll again for 57-27 um, uh, over that Salem squad. And uh, Roxana at 5-0, and one of the few unbeatens left around uh, the area. Edwardsville, another one. Uh, they win 48 nothing over Belleville West, but that Central and Roxana game, you look, you look at that area where Roxana is with CM and, and um, Wood River, it looks like all the talent in the area moved over to Roxana <laughs> this season because the, the shells are being impressive uh, week in, week out. They were a, a, a good team during uh, my high school years. Well, the Charlie Rach years were, were phenomenal for Roxana for, for many years, and uh, uh, they did, the community just kind of shrunk a little bit as uh, some of the industry over there shifted, and uh, uh, they, themselves and, and Wood River um, saw them, their enrollment shrinking too, too small to hang in the valley, but uh, Roxana has uh, um, righted their ship after a few years of uh, mediocrity, and um uh, Good to see the shells bouncing back here at, at 5-0 and now. So uh, elsewhere, Edwardsville 48-0 over Belva West. Uh, they play Alton this week. Um, of course, that's uh, Southwest Conference rolling towards the showdown with uh, East St. Louis uh, later in the season. And uh, it seems like year in, year out, that's where the battle. Now, Belva East is uh, playing some pretty good ball as well in the uh, Southwest Conference. 
they get a victory. They, they're sitting at four and one, uh, but they're, they've got the uh, meat of their schedule. They did play East St. Louis. That's their one loss, uh, so, so they have that, that going. Um, so, so that's kind of a look at the area of football. Like I said, we've got um, uh, Highland and CM coming up uh, on, on Friday. Uh, but the buzz of Highland beyond uh, the, the Bulldogs and their stellar play so far, uh, you could hear uh, the whole town erupt yesterday, Rodney, when uh, number 87 on the Detroit Lions found himself wide open um, uh, running a, a crisp, uh, stellar pass route and uh, hauls in his first touchdown catch of the season. Of course, talking about Sam Laporta. Uh, and uh, he's, he's gotten the attention of not just Detroit, but the entire NFL after this phenomenal start. He, yes, he did. And, uh, you know, 45-yard touchdown passes, uh, pass. And if I uh, remember correctly, it was like eight catches for 84 yards. I think he only had uh, one reception uh, between the third and fourth quarter. Uh, and whether he was getting double teamed, I don't know. I, I didn't get to watch the game. I would just get updates. Uh, but, yeah, the fact that he has the record uh, catching five or more passes in these first three games each. And uh, I thought I read where maybe he is like second overall yardage-wise in the first three games for a tight end ever in the NFL. And the, uh, uh, some rookie records starting to fall by the wayside. 18 catches after three games. Passes um, 186 uh, yards. 100, and passes Keith Jackson, I think it was, I read, was the uh, tight end. The yes, Philadelphia Eagles tied in that that had that and these records. I mean, you know, it's it's early in the season. I, I saw another one saying Sam's projected with 107 catches for 1,054 yards um, total for the season. It's that's kind of aching to say that you know Pujols is on pace for 162 home runs if he belts one out on opening day. You know, so so that'll be hard to maintain that pace. But it sure is fun watching him. Uh, um, Set it, set a pace right now. But um, what's really, what's really interesting with with Sam is is seeing the accolades coming from um, with inside the Lions organization. Yes, you talk about Dan Campbell talking about him, and uh, uh, head coaches are they're usually pretty shy about uh, heaping praise, especially on a rookie. Uh, but the things he said. Um, um, we know, uh, having the, the benefit of watching him since, you know, grade school for some people listening, um, and, and high school certainly for most of the community, um, it, is just how dedicated he is to his craft. Uh, you can tell he works hard, uh, takes every snap serious, uh, executes every play, and that's something Dan Campbell has, has picked up on and, and said, you know, he, he makes mistakes, but uh, he doesn't make them twice. He doesn't make the same one twice, and uh, that's a that's a godsend for a head coach to to be able to have that kind of confidence in a player. Absolutely, and uh, Jared Goff uh, saying that uh, he recognized uh, something special right away at the beginning of uh, the OATs, and that uh, you know if your quarterback has to have the confidence to throw it to you, and and I don't know if he had any drops. Uh, yesterday, but going into yesterday, uh, he had been thrown to 11 times with 10 catches. Yeah. And no drops. Just, right. you know, right. so. No, no drops again yesterday. A couple overthrows by a, a golf on some routes he had. Um, but uh, uh, Sam, Sam got the attention of. Uh, 
the the fan base there on his uh, I think it was his second catch where he caught it uh, six yards shy of the first down and just had a um, monster effort to, to get the first down where he drug a, a few defenders a couple yards and uh, uh, football fans appreciate that when you, you see that in, in your tight end and, and so and, and then the, the other accolades come from uh, um, St. Brown the, the wide receiver um, on Detroit, um, appreciating the the pressure it alleviates off of, you know their their main go to guy, and so so now uh, and golf recognizes that as well, and he'll be able to uh, have that trust, and, and trust is such an important thing for for a quarterback, and and they especially try to build that trust at the, at the tight end position because that's an outlet for him, um, you know they're they're a check down many times to a, a second or third option when it, when they don't see it open. And uh, so building that trust week after week is uh, um, something that, that Sam has been able to do uh, since he, he started, like you pointed out, in the OTAs. And, and what Goff mentioned was his work ethic is what helped establish that. Yes. And, you know, the thing is, and I remember watching him in high school, um, even if he wasn't the uh, prime receiver, you know, sometimes if they're not the go-to guy on a play, uh, they kind of dog their route. He doesn't, and you can't do that because if you do, it's obvious they're not coming to you. And Sam doesn't do that. He runs uh, his route hard every play, and uh, I'm sure that's another reason that the uh, wide receivers appreciate him because it's uh, the defender is going to stay on him because you never know. Yeah, and that. And that goes for the running game, too. I noticed a few times yesterday watching that, that, you know, they'd be running to the right. Sam's lined up on the left and and just block until the whistle goes on a receiver that's 50 yards away from the play. And so so it's a... No it's backside that, tackle there, right? Right, <laughs> right. right. <laughs> exactly. So, so once again, a, a fun week of uh, football uh, capped off with uh, Sam Laporta. Short week for Detroit this week as they have the Thursday night game against, and this will be a lot of fun to talk to Jimmy on Friday um, to, to see how he feels. As the Green Bay Packers will host the Lions. and uh, We've mentioned it a few times uh, over the course of this season just how um, big of a Green Bay Packers uh, fan base there is here in Highland, and boy, how much they must be tormented with this game coming up. Well, I'll tell you what, my grandson, <clears throat> one of my grandsons, is a big Seahawk fan, and uh, so my wife asked him because she sees uh, Joe a lot, Sam's dad, and uh, he said, "Well, I'm rooting for the Seahawks to win, but." I do want Sam to have a good day. <laughs> yeah, no, it's funny, my, my, son, my grandson does the same thing. He's a big Chiefs fan. And um, um, he, he would jump out of his chair when Sam makes a play, even in that week one victory against the Chiefs. And uh, he was like, yeah, that's okay, they lost. And, uh, but my daughter told me uh, um, Everett uh, – jumped out of his chair and danced around on that touchdown reception yesterday. And so so the impression continues to build and build, and uh, this is fun to watch, uh, uh, you know, uh, somewhat of a legend already continue to build on that, that legacy here in Highland. Yeah, and I'm so happy for Sam just because of the type. We've mentioned this many times. The type of person he is, his family is, um, you just you, you got to love it. You, the The success is great that it's come to somebody that's worked hard and uh, doesn't let it go to his head. He remembers where he came from. 
Yeah, that's right, folks. This is a Sam Laporta Gush hour. Um, we'll, we'll continue to do it all season long as uh, um, we, we discuss high level football. And it's a big part of it in, uh, in, uh, in building this legacy, and, and we'll do it week in, week out. And so uh, we'll look forward to that again on the, on the Valley. You can uh, catch the Bulldog Valley show on uh, BulldogRadioHighland.com every Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday night at 7 o'clock. Um, then we're hoping that we can get the replays of the games going too. Uh, this this will air after this uh, last week's airs, but uh, Monday night seems to be the night for replays of, of the games, and uh, so you can tune in BulldogRadioHighland.com for that if you missed the broadcast, or just want to hear it again. As uh, I will watch the uh, Lions game probably three times this week, <laughs> so it's. Uh, um, uh, you can catch that. You can also uh, look up old episodes or this current episode. You can find on uh, all your streaming services, Spotify and uh, Amazon Music, Apple Music, uh, TuneIn Radio, wherever you get your podcasts. Um, you, you can uh, hear us there and look up any old episodes. We don't just talk uh, Highland football on my uh, From the Bench with Dench um, podcast. I have a special episode coming up this week, in fact, that uh, you should be able to find by the time you listen to this. Uh, with the uh, Greg Holthouse Memorial Fund. Uh, we'll be speaking to the um, founder of that, Gail Holthouse, and uh, I think Mark, her husband, is going to join me. Uh, but Gail's very passionate about her fundraiser to, to support her uh, son who passed away uh, uh, several years ago of a uh, uh, heart failure. And uh, Gail's trying to, life mission is turned into making sure. Um, People can prevent that from happening to, to their kids, and uh, what a phenomenal story it is. So hopefully you can uh, tune in and listen to that uh, this week. And uh, like I said, pull up any um, um, back episodes, and uh, you'll find some interesting stuff out there on From the Bench with Dent. So, Rodney, any uh, parting words? I'm looking forward to another week of football coming up. Yeah, I'm looking forward to this game on Friday, and uh, I, I'm with you. Uh, this is a game Highland should win I think handily, but can't look past it. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. why you play the game. It, it is why you play it, and uh, I agree. They, they should win it, win it handily, but uh, when you're talking about 15, 16, 17-year-old kids, you just you never gotta, know uh, what can happen if the, if the full moon is out. There's something quacky <laughs> like that happens. But uh, uh, one thing we've seen over the years, it rarely uh, bites a Jimmy Warnicky coach team. And so, so we got uh, that uh, boding well for us. And uh, we should come, come away with the victory Friday night. So for Rodney Connects Dead, I'm Denny Rittenhouse. Thanks for joining Bulldog Valley this week. Hope you enjoy the broadcast uh, Friday night. And we'll talk to you again next week. This has been From the Bench with Dench. Bulldog Valley. Hope you enjoyed it. Tune in each week and all season long.